vociferous applause. And, and that's, uh, what, that's what $20 at the door per head gets you. <laughs> exactly. $20 head from Cargill. What? Oh, well. Alrighty. Welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw, and some extra filthy humor this edition because we are live at Convergence in wonderful um, Bloomington, Minnesota. I have wonderful guests, including humans, and our topic today, which is whiskey. <laughs> Always one of my favorite guests on any podcast is whiskey. It's a subject that has been close to my heart and close to my liver for many, many years. And I'm delighted to finally get around uh, to experiencing whiskey uh, uh, is a topic for Obsessed. Um, I I didn't find whiskey right away as a uh, young person who has started to drink uh, because I focused on beer. And I thought, oh, my, there's a whole world. There's Paps Blue Ribbon and Linen Kugels. And, oh, there's so much to explore. I was not a sophisticated drinker, uh, and then I went to Edinburgh and uh, did all the tourist stuff. I went to the Edinburgh Castle, and then we went to a pub, and then a very, very drunk Scottish woman said, well, you're, you're a tourist, aren't you? And I'm like, well, yeah, well, what, what did you, and she said, what did you do today? And I'm like, well, we went to the, you went to the castle, didn't you? Like, yes, we went to the castle, and I was like, that's not the true Edinburgh Scottish experience. I said, oh, okay, what is the true Edinburgh Scott, uh, you know, Scottish experience? And she said, getting pissed on whiskey! <laughs> and it was beautiful because I realized that I could have the true Scotland experience anywhere. <laughs> you don't actually have to go there to get pissed on whiskey. That sounds like the Texas experience as well. Exactly, right? <laughs> it's a beautiful everywhere experience that we can all share together. Uh, so we have some wonderful whiskeys, but we have some wonderful guests. He is a screenwriter, a novelist, and a human who always has whiskey somewhere on or in his person. See Robert Cargill. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> she is a dancer, a historic house manager, the person who truly got me hooked on whiskey, and my wife, it's Sarah Scrimshaw. And finally, he's a musician, a writer, a comedian, and someone who almost never drinks any alcohol at all except for torturous comedy appearances. It's Tim Wick. Hooray! Thank you all so much uh, for joining me. And Tim, thank you uh, for being our not-super-obsessed person. Well, thank you for having me be your not-super-obsessed person. I appreciate it. Yeah, and you are willing to drink just a little bit of whiskey? I will drink just a little, just a little bit of whiskey, yes. Just a little bit of whiskey. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> wait, are we talking about just a little bit of whiskey or just a little bit of whiskey for Cargill? Uh, you Those so are two different levels. Yes, we have several bottles. We have a big bottle and two little bottles, which is which is a Cargill amount. Um, uh, also the flask. In the flask, is no, a fl also all of that. Oh, all of that is a Cargill <laughs> amount. A little whiskey. All right, so this is like an old dad joke of like, this is enough for me. I don't know about you guys. Well, this is the. I think I'll have a little whiskey, and my wife looks at the glass and goes, "That's a little whiskey." Yes, it is. <laughs> Nice, nice. So uh, feel free to sample from these whiskeys. Tim, we'll, we'll wait for an appropriate yeah, moment. Yeah, I'll be happy to wait. To sample from the whiskey. I have a I'm nice Bushmills. 
But I wanted to start by just talking about your discovery of whiskey. So obviously, Cargill, you love this. You know a lot about it. But when did you first get hooked? When was that first time that you had whiskey and realized, oh, this is not only like an alcohol, but this is something that I can study and enjoy and make part of my life? Uh, it was actually a few years ago. It wasn't very long ago. Um, it was one of those things where... Uh, at one point, I got really into wine, and I'm still very much into wine. Uh, I enjoy wine quite a bit. Uh, and I just got tired of going to uh, restaurants and staring at the menu and uh, trying to look and sound intelligent and have no <laughs> idea what I'm looking at. <laughs> and so I was, I was like, you know what? This, could, this should be an adventure. This should literally be, let me take a look and let me start with a region that I like and then start sampling around that region and then start branching out to other regions. And you start as you start noticing the differences within a small region of something, then when you branch to another region, you it, it's a flavor explosion. So all of a sudden, a Chenin Blanc from uh, New Zealand and a Chenin Blanc from South Africa are two completely different drinks altogether as, as gin and vodka. Yeah. And so, so once I started noticing that, uh, I, you know, I have a lot of friends that are very much into scotch or whiskey, and uh, I started being introduced to stuff and finding stuff that I liked, and especially what what got me hooked was Yamazaki. Okay. And I love Yamazaki, and I, I tried the 12, and I'm like, this is really good, and I was drinking it and turning friends on to it. I'm like, you got to My name is Toro is my favorite Yamazaki. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so this sober guy's getting the laughs. Okay, I see. I see. That's justice. Uh, so, so then uh, all of a sudden, somebody got me a bottle of the Yamazaki 18, and I'm like, oh, I really don't know the difference. And so, of course, I, I tried it, and of course, I loved it even more. And I'm like, this is even better. And I started noticing the difference between it. It's like, oh, let me start branching out and do exactly what I did with wine and spend some time, you know, going to different bars and trying out different whiskeys and taking recommendations from people and reading stuff online. And then uh, uh, the guys at my local liquor store started recognizing me and, uh, not in a bad way but in a good way in which the uh, oh hey you're a guy who likes good whiskey within this range so let me recommend some stuff to you and so every time I would go in I would talk to my scotch guys and they would turn me on to an additional whiskey so I would go and buy when I when I buy stuff I usually buy it for a couple months at a time where it's like let me stock up my bar so I don't I'm not that guy that's going once a week to the liquor store and um, <laughs> you're the guy who gets it like there's going to be a fallout Yes. <laughs> and you know what? If there is, if the apocalypse comes, you're my house. Okay, so I, let me let me oh, ask you a follow yeah. up uh, a follow up question, and then I was, and then Sarah will we'll get to your uh, your ex experience with whiskey where you got hooked. Um, so you value it not only for the taste and for the flavor, but for the knowledge of it. For now, looking at a menu and going, I know exactly what this is. So would you still enjoy whiskey if you didn't drink it, but you just used your accumulated knowledge to go forth and spread the word of whiskey? To, yeah, to a certain extent, yeah, especially because okay. it's one of those things. There's something great about because that's what's really great about it is it's one of those useful skills that you can develop where you help your friends have a good time. So when you go out to dinner, you can actually pick a good wine or a good whiskey and say, oh, oh, you know what? You need to try this. Yeah. And this is really great. And then your, your friends try it and they're like, oh, wow, this is great. And then you help expand their knowledge and then they pass it on to other people. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those actually useful, useless talents. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> that really, really helps out. So it's, you know, you become the person who everybody hands the wine list to or the whiskey list to at the at dinner and says, pick us something nice. And nice. then you do, and then everybody has a great time. That's awesome. Awesome. Sarah, 
what is, yes. I should know this because you're my wife, but I don't know <laughs> how you got hooked on whiskey. Is there a story that I've never heard before? <laughs> um, I think you do. Okay. We'll see. Well, this will be a test. So my story... <laughs> I like tests. Right. We're all in school. Uh, my story is also in Edinburgh. Uh, when I was in college, I actually studied abroad in Edinburgh, Scotland. And while I was there, I started dancing with a uh, Scottish dance group troupe. And most of the people who were in the Scottish dance troupe were not uh, college students, but were actually, you know, functioning adults with real jobs. A lot of them were professors at the university. And so when we would all have parties, they would bring single malt scotch to the parties. And I hadn't been, you know, I'd been a little bit of a drinker, but not a big drinker before that. And so basically, I learned to drink on warm beer and single malt scotch. And so that kind of got me hooked, and then I left and actually went down the wine path for a while and spent many years uh, drinking more on the wine side, and then got back to it, actually, I'd say about when, um, when I moved to London, and then you moved there with me. And so you've been on the second half of my whiskey journey with me. Yes. I, you used all your accumulated knowledge on me, and I have benefited from it. Except mm -hmm. for the hangovers. <laughs> but that's my so, fault, so not what, yours. What you're saying is you also discovered whiskey studying abroad. <laughs> yes. It works on two levels. It's a blended joke, because it works on two levels. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> that wasn't even a pun, technically. You monsters. All right, Tim. Yes. Have you say. had whiskey? I know you've... Yes. You've, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a singer. So... Uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to be performing later tonight after having talked on numerous panels all weekend. <laughs> and my when my voice gets tired, I actually uh, a little bit of hard liquor is actually really good to to relax the vocal cords to be able to to sing. So I typically will before a show, I'll I'll get a whiskey with the free drink that the bar gives me. Uh, and it's it's always a very interesting conversation because I'll go up to the bartender and I'll say I would like a whiskey and they will say which one and I will say I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> could they just and give you like a rag that had some whiskey on it and you could just like suck a whiskey rag? And yeah, then, I, I, I don't even know that effect? what they give me is whiskey. It, 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 it's just what I ask for because I'm in an Irish band and it feels appropriate. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I'll sip on it when I, when I need to just relax my vocal cords so, a little bit. So I've had whiskey technically. Okay. Yes. Are you like the anti-cargill though? You have no idea what whiskeys you've taken into your body? Like you, you just know that uh, it is a generic fluid. Like the I, people don't tell you. My understanding of whiskey is that it has been, I am told, distilled <laughs> in some manner, but I don't even understand what that means. That was a better tour than I got in Scotland, honestly. So I mean, that's, I think I think you absolutely nailed it. Uh, uh, Tim, we'll start with you with this question. We'll go down the line. Okay. I want to ask you. You don't really have this knowledge, but I think you still uh, will be able to answer this question well. I hope so. If Irish whiskey, a nice Scotch, and an American bourbon got in a fist fight, which would win? Uh, well, I, that's pretty simple. It would always be the Irish. <laughs> pretty much in anything, they're better okay. at that than anybody else. So now, why if we're talking about a pure fist fight, right? This isn't boxing. This is like bare-fisted fighting. Yeah, but this so is so not... unless it's Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes on the other side of the fist fight, the Irish whiskey is going to win. Okay, so when you picture this fight in your mind, because it's not the Irish people, it's an Irish whiskey. It is still Irish. Are there are there little fists made out of whiskey? 
Yes, there are whiskey fists. Little <laughs> whiskey fists. You feel the Irish unless, whiskey fists. Unless the bottle is shaped like an Irish bear fist, then the bottle itself. Yeah, in fact, let's but say it is a it bottle, and you can squeeze they, the legs, and it punches. Then definitely, if it's if it's a shaped like a, a Irish fighter, it would win. Okay, yes. so Tim votes for Irish. Sarah, which which of these whiskeys do you think would win in a fight? In Scotch, hand down. Scotch, hands down. Yeah. hands down. Okay. Yeah. Open the bottle, take a whiff. Everybody else is knocked out. <laughs> Get something really? really nice and peaty, smoky. Take a whiff, you're knocked out. Okay. Do you think uh, who'd go down first? Would the Irish or the American go down first? I'm going to say the Irish would go down first, American would go down second. Okay. Because one, two. <laughs> that was fighting words. <laughs> I mean, literally, we're talking. It's <laughs> actually very. So. All right, Cargill, what do you think about this? Uh, which of these whiskeys win in a fight? Again, scotch, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the thing is, is. Uh, uh, scotch is a lot smoother. It's a lot more complicated. And if there's anything I know, it's a smooth, complicated person that wins the fucking fight. <laughs> a, a smooth, complicated fist fight. Double fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, double fist fight. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, okay. So here is another question. We'll start with you, Cargill. Which Muppet would be the best Muppet to drink whiskey with and why? <laughs> Gonzo, because I want to hear those chicken stories. Do you think if he got the whiskey in him uh, that the chicken stories would be true? Uh, like he would tell you the truth of the chickens? Because I think Gonzo likes a little mystique about the chickens. I, I don't know. I think we'll get the true Gonzo uh, uh, out of it. And I think we'll find out there's a lot more in his uh, backstory than Camilla. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Sarah, what do you think about the Muppets? Swedish chef. Mm. Uh, can you do an impression of the drunk Swedish chef? No, I cannot. That's much better than mine. <laughs> so it's a very slow, drunk Swedish yes. chef. That is very beautiful. Uh, you probably know more about Muppets than you do whiskey, I do. Tim. I know a lot about Muppets, yes. Yeah, because I don't think you probably just walk up to the Irish bars you play in and say, give me a random Muppet for my voice. <laughs> I'm very specific about my Muppets. You're very specific. Yeah. So which Muppet would be the most fun to drink whiskey with well, and why? Possibly it would be Beaker because I feel, I feel that uh, he would have a lot of of stories to tell and Beaker is one Muppet who clearly needs something to loosen his tongue. <laughs> yeah, but it's all about him. Every story he tells is me, 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 me. <laughs> okay, now I want to combine those two questions. Uh, let's say... Uh, which Muppet would win in a fist fight? Be Beaker is drunk on Irish whiskey specifically. <laughs> Swedish Chef is drunk on scotch and mm -hmm. Gonzo is drunk on bourbon. Now who wins in a fist fight? Jump in, anybody. Swedish chef. Swedish chef. Yeah, it's the Swedish chef. He's got <laughs> knives. <laughs> and a gun. And he's nearly a Viking. He's nearly a Viking. He's got a gun, he's and, and, and he's a good enough shot that he can throw donuts into the air and shoot holes out of the middle of them. These are all compelling arguments, but I really got to go with my wife's point that he is a Viking. That's terrifying. Nearly. Is that what he's saying all the time? I'm like, I'm coming to pillage you, but it comes out as... Pretty much. I love that now the Swedish chef has become a drunk, angry, knife-yielding, uh, uh, you know, 
fifth, actually. It's <laughs> what do you mean now, Cargill? You don't know what happened when the cameras were turned off. <laughs> Uh, I, I am very, very pleased by those responses, and I will never sleep again thinking about the Swedish chef. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, there is a great term, uh, the angel's share, which refers to the 2% of whiskey that evaporates when it is aging in oak casks. Uh, do you think all angels are actually drunk? <laughs> I actually wrote a book about this. <laughs> in my first book, there's a place called Fat Charlie's Archangel Lounge, where, yeah. the, where the fallen angels go to drink themselves into a stupor because they can't they can't get back into heaven. Ah, so I think they're the ones drinking it. Okay, so you think it is going to the angels that you specifically created? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, I actually learned this this uh, idea of the angel share from, from you, Sarah. We did a show uh, where I played the angel share. That was very fun. <laughs> I got to fall down a lot. Um, so what, uh, what do you think of when you think of, like, the that idea of it uh, uh, drifting away? And obviously it's, like, a, a fun, colorful thing to say it's the angel share. But do you actually imagine... Angels are going about their business, and then whiskey air just floats into the heavens, <laughs> and they're all fucked up, and they don't know why. I just like to think that there's always a little bit of whiskey particles in the air around us, like sparkling, like that glitter, that like that water like, precipitation like that you can't quite see. Whiskey? Yeah, yeah, like it's just kind of there. It's a really good day. There's even more of it. I'm not normally know, I'm into new age out. stuff, but I really like this very new agey idea of whiskey crystals sparkling you know, like, in the air. There's I, the different levels of the atmosphere. Maybe there's the whiskey level. <laughs> I love that you avoided the guy with the atheist podcast when you asked that question. Oh, no, I'm going to him last. Hello. All right. So do you think the angels that you do not believe exist are drunk? Okay, I need to understand for a minute now. Yeah, uh, yeah, for Angel sure. share, this refers only to whiskey. So any other alcoholic beverage or non-alcoholic beverage that is in a cask for any period of time and evaporates does not get drunk by angels. Yes, that's my headcanon. Okay, so like wine, which ages in in a cask of some sort, right? Am I right about this, Sarah? You know better than or or cargo. You can help me out with this. Often in the bottles. In bottles, but does it not also evaporate? Perhaps maybe not, not from the bottles. Oh, because it's got a cork, yeah, that would be a bad so it thing. doesn't. Okay, so really the only booze that evaporates ever is whiskey. The only drink. That evaporates ever. We're, we're not counting water. Yeah. In that, at all, we just count. So that is the only alcohol available to the angels. Sure. Let's just agree on that premise, so you can answer my fucking question. <laughs> well, I have to think that if that is the only alcohol, I think we've to established the angels, that we're going to say yes. They are getting drunk on that alcohol. <laughs> A long trip, but I got to where I wanted to go, which is good. You got somebody who doesn't understand these things, and I needed to understand it to answer the questions properly. <laughs> well, no, this was fascinating to me, because to me, I love that idea, because it's so sort of poetic, that idea of, like, well, uh, as a part of this process, we'll, learn, we'll lose a little bit of what we're creating, and it's this romantic idea that it floats up to the heavens, and then you brought it crashing down to the reality <laughs> of science. Yes. Is, that that is, is my job. <laughs> and it's probably a good thing to do. Uh, all right, uh, Cargill, I'm going to ask this of everyone. But if someone was going to describe you like whiskey as described, like a lot of the key words, like peaty or smoky or hint of pear, <laughs> how would you be accurately described in whiskey terms as a human being? Cask strength. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I'm, I, I'm a little intense. Sometimes you you got to water me down. You can't take too much of me. <laughs> uh, would you recommend yourself on rocks or neat? Uh, maybe with a, a splash of water. Okay. Okay. Now, I, so I think that's a great answer, but I'm going to push for more because I want to bear down into your soul. So a cask strength, that makes sense. Coming across intense, but what do you taste like? All, all you're sharing is <laughs> that when I drink Cargill, I will get drunk, and I understand that. I just have this image of you playing comedy volleyball right now, just setting that up. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for what disgusting answer I come up with. You gotta get that volleyball before the drunk angels grab it up there in the heavens. <laughs> I'm not that cheap a date, my friend. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I would uh, um, uh, I, I'd be a little oaky. Uh, I'd be a little, uh, um, uh, you know, have some sweet notes, but but has a little burn going down. Yeah, okay, there we go. I'm a, uh, I am an acquired taste. You're an acquired taste. <laughs> uh, do you lead with the sweet notes and then the burn is experienced afterwards? Or do you start with a burn and then, oh, there's some sweet notes at the end? The latter. It is definitely, <laughs> I am abrasive at first, and then it's like, oh, you know what? This is actually much nicer than I thought it was. <laughs> this is much nicer than I thought it was. An evening with C. Robert Cargill. <laughs> uh, I believe that is uh, my, uh, my wedding story. <laughs> Uh, Sarah, my wife, in whiskey terms, yeah. what are you? <laughs> um, so what I want to be is a little bit peaty because I like things that taste of the earth. I would like to think that would describe me, but I feel like there needs to be something a little bit more uh, ethereal. I don't want to say caramel because that's what I can think of. And I'm not, I may be oaky, a little oaky on the surface, peaty underneath. We'll go with that for now. Okay, so I'm the, like a tree. You're like a tree. Gosh darn it, I am a tree. <laughs> you're a tree that you can drink. Okay, why don't you want to say caramel? Why are you resisting caramel if that's where your your mind and your subconscious is taking you? Because most things that have that as a, uh, a description are not necessarily things I like. And I want to be something I like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to enjoy tasting themselves. <laughs> right? Come on. Simple why truth. Why you have those ribs removed? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, the visual imagery <laughs> of a talented writer. Um, Tim. Yes? Since you don't ever ask the bartenders who give you whiskey to tell you anything about it. It's true. Do you feel like you have this vocabulary of words that are used typically to describe whiskey? I've heard Petey. You sure have. <laughs> Numerous times. Petey, 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 Petey. That's time. actually what the Swedish chef is saying. Yes. Petey, 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 So, um, I... Uh, not knowing what PD is. Uh, I mean, I know what Pete is, but I, I, I do not know what the process of being Pete it like tastes, it tastes is. like that. It, that's the whole point well, of Pete. Well, I've never eaten Pete. It tastes, like, it tastes, it tastes like, like Pete smells. No one's actually eaten. I'm sure there are people who have eaten well, Pete. Look, I, we know how that smells, and you know how a smell is like a taste. My friend Peter, who prefers the name Peter, thank you very much. I've never actually tasted him. It's not that kind of relationship. So, But he doesn't smell like anything. He regularly showers. You've never dabbled in a little Peter? No. <laughs> That's a different podcast and a different obsession. Now, that's, that's different college. I think, uh, based on the descriptors that I've heard here, the only one that I feel uh, properly describes me, uh, fairly, I think, describes me is neat. Neat, uh, but that's not really the taste. It's how it's. <laughs> oh, it's how it's served. 
Could you taste? I think. I think I. I'm th I feel I'm served meat. <laughs> well, great. Uh, you know what? Normally, on my podcasts are this nice, open, flowing conversation, and this feels like a police interrogation. <laughs> and I'm trying to get you to tell me where the body is. I just want to know what you taste like, Tim Wick. <laughs> So neat is just that uh, it's just that there's no ice. Uh, so it's great. I know there's no ice inside you. You're a very um, kind man. I think I, I taste, let's say, smooth. Can I taste smooth? Is that, is that something yeah, I can yeah, taste? Yeah, it's, it's a tactile sensation, I guess. But you don't. Um, and a little bit spicy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's fair. Very I can be that? Can just be that? a little bit spicy. Just okay. a little bit of spice. I am not moving on from this until <laughs> one of you tell me a fruit that you taste like. I want somebody to have a, have a hint of some kind of fruit. I'm going to have a hint of caramel. <laughs> that fits. That fits. If caramel is a fruit, then I say caramel. <laughs> okay, so blackberry. Yes, so okay. Sarah has a hint of black. We have a sure. hint of caramel, which isn't a fruit. We have uh, a hint of blackberry, which I don't really want in a whiskey, but I'll take it as a person. <laughs> Tim, what do you have a hint of? I I think I have a hint of lime because I, I would also describe <laughs> myself as as tangy. <laughs> Lime is a fruit. <laughs> Would you rather I said tomato? <laughs> Which is also a fruit. You are creating some terrible tequila whiskey. <laughs> and I'm going to be able to tell the difference how? I think if you were drank tequila whiskey, you would know. This is not what I normally drink. I think you would be able to it's tell. It's all not what I normally drink. Okay. Cargill, uh... Do you feel that Tim's uh, description of himself as a whiskey is accurate? I think you, you gave me a very solid, uh, honest answer that was sort of uh, reflective of who you are as a person. Do you feel like you got that from Tim Wick here today? I do. I, I very much feel that Tim Wick is a whiskey, is a whiskey that has no idea what the fuck it wants to be. <laughs> An excellent segue to our whiskey quiz improv challenge. <laughs> So at this point, uh, people have been freely drinking their various whiskeys. Uh, Cargill, you brought a nice whiskey in your flask. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, this is a uh, small batch Bunahaben 28. Ooh. Um, it is a uh, Bunahaben. That's my favorite song from uh, The Sound of Music. Well, <laughs> Bunahaben has become my, my, my favorite uh, distillery. I, I absolutely love their stuff. They used to, they're an Islay, um, and uh, uh, they, they, they used to be one of the mid-range Islays. Like they would make their their whiskey was just like ah, it's good, but it it could be you know it's not as good as the other Islays. And then they they changed processes and they started unchill filtering their uh, their whiskey, which is a very different way of going about it. And once they did that, they created one of the best Islays. And they make a twelve that is good. They make an eighteen that is just fantastic. And then there were all these batches of barrels they had scattered around that a bunch of distributors have been buying up. My favorite whiskey in the world is a Bunahaben 25 that was uh, distilled in 1989. And, um, and since every distributor that's buying these up in small batches and, um, and uh, bottling them uh, are scattered around the world, uh, I have a company called Lanoc that sells me this 25, you know, from 89. And then when I walked into the liquor store here in town this week, I saw that they had an 88 and a 90. Mm. Uh, that was the exact same type of thing. And I'm like, well, i got to find out what these taste like. And uh, so this is um, 
a uh, it's a fantastic, very smooth. Although it's a cask strength, which is really interesting. Uh, cask strength is a thing that um, not a lot of people really understand. But what it means is that what they say is, well, it's the strength that it comes out of the cask, and that's kind of true, kind of not depending <laughs> on how it's done. But what it really means is it's higher than I think forty five percent alcohol. Um, and so cask strengths are a lot of fun because um, it's it's a mystery game with scotch. Yeah. Where the first thing you do is you taste the whiskey straight from the bottle. You taste it neat. And then you go, how does that taste? Okay. Uh, if you like it, then you stop there. But you could be like, I wonder what it tastes like with a little splash of water. And then with a little splash of water, that opens up various notes and the flavor changes uh, and it gets a different aftertaste. And then you say, well, what if I water it down a bit more, like with a single glass of, uh, piece of ice? And so cask strengths are a lot to, a lot of fun to play around with. And this is a, a really nice cask strength that's one of the low end ones. It's like 54% um, as opposed to I, uh, most of the ones I get are 42 to 45. So this one doesn't actually need to be watered down. I haven't watered it down all weekend and everybody's been loving it. In fact. Could I could I love a little bit right now? Absolutely, <laughs> excellent. Uh, any other uh, tidbits that you want about it? That is literally to share? an infinite amount more than I knew about whiskey five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know it's something that I wanted to mention on this podcast because not a lot of people know how this cask strength works. I had to learn it the hard way myself, as somebody recommended a bottle to me. Uh, when you know one of my favorite bottles was gone and then my backup bottle was gone and so they're like well have you tried this and I tried some at a party and everybody hated it and but and I still had this bottle of it and I wanted to drink one night and I'm like well I wonder what will happen if I water it down and of course you know I dropped an ice cube into it and then all of a sudden it opened up and it became one of my favorite whiskeys and uh, it's an American whiskey called Noah's Mill and it was just like this is really good but it, because in small letters on the bottle it says cask strength you miss it and so the, the rule is always read the bottle and find out exactly what your alcohol percentage is to start thinking about where you want to play around with it and this was like a 64% so of course it was burning going down and nobody liked it but the minute you water it down a bit it's like oh this is really good whiskey yeah cool well, yeah that's a that is a neat idea of, uh, of opening up whiskey the way I was trying to get Tim Wick to open up about what he tastes like so it all all comes together. Uh, we are going to play a little whiskey quiz improv challenge. Now, up to this point in the podcast, uh, people have been sipping whiskey. Uh, Tim, are you willing to sip some whiskey for this game? Yes. Excellent. Uh, which of these whiskeys would you like? Would you like the, the wonderful whiskey that uh, Cargill just described? Oh, sure. I'll try the whiskey that Cargill just described. Excellent. Why not? So because I know more about with that whiskey than any of the... You put way too much in that glass. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a Cargill size. That is a teeny weeny size. So... This is this is what I'd beat a baby to, to get them to off to sleep. All right, Sarah, do you have the whiskey you want? Because we're going to get into our quiz. Sorry. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, I am going to ask that during this quiz, you only take a sip of whiskey if I or the audience approves of your answer in the quiz. So you will be you will be answering to get a drinking reward. I have an out. <laughs> you do indeed, but you know it's a it's a double sided uh, conundrum. It's a double sided conundrum. That's a thing that people say uh, because you want to say something funny, but then if you say something funny, you will have to drink. This is your gift. It is your curse. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So Tim, we'll start with you. Damn it. We have the wonderful term angel share. There are many other whiskey terms. Uh, what should the term be for the collection of DNA that is collected on a whiskey flask after sharing it with a bunch of people all weekend at a convention? What should the name for that be? If the answer pleases me or the audience, 
You will take a sip of whiskey. Fuck. <laughs> Is that your answer? Yeah. No, no, wait. Con crud. The first non-answer, please the audience. <laughs> the other answer was better. So please take a drink. In. Can I answer? Absolutely, everybody's gonna answer. It, oh, okay, well then I'll let her go next. Oh, no, go oh. for it. Is he drinking? I, okay. wait, I don't want right. to miss Tim drinking. Do I don't have to drink it all at once, do I? No, no, just take no, a small no, sip. Yeah. No, you don't want to. Your you don't do shots of God. scotch. <laughs> oh, Tim looks like he just had some medicine for his tummy. <laughs> Alright, now, now that you've now that you've tasted it and you don't like it's the taste like of it. It's like drinking NyQuil without a cold. <laughs> add add a splash of water to it. <laughs> okay, for people listening on the podcast, Tim just absolutely violated the whiskey that Cargill spent several minutes describing in all of its beauty and glory. That's what kind of episode of Obsessed this is. So we're gonna keep rolling with our quiz. Uh, so uh Cargill, what is your answer? What should that term of DNA that is collected on a flask when the, sharing it, what should it be? The devil's cold sore. <laughs> the answer pleases, so you may take a sip. Sarah? Well, I was going to say the devil's saliva, but um, let's go with... Uh, I'm sticking with the devil's saliva. That answer pleases me. You may take a sip okay. of whiskey. <laughs> Cargill, here, I'm sorry I did that to your whiskey. Here, just give me a little more and I'll put real water. I'll be nice. You don't have to be nice. I know I don't have to be nice. I am choosing to be nice. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit tipsy after that drink. I'm kind of a lightweight. All you need is a little splash. Yeah, don't put any water in this right now. I just want you to concentrate on the full experience. There's no reason to open it up yet. Oh, no, you did not like the taste of it, so opening it up is fine. I'm just trying to put a little... I also water. tried this with a splash of water, and it was it was a lot lighter and 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 also wonderful. Was flavor. that a splash? Was that that enough? was a splash of water? Okay, all right. Okay, now the next time you say something funny, you'll experience that. Do not drink it now. <laughs> all right, Cargo, we'll start with you this time. Uh, whiskey is sometimes referred to as the blank of blank. Either answer correctly or in an amusing way. I really don't care which one it is. The inspiration of writers. <laughs> this answer pleases me on multiple levels. Please take a sip. Sarah, whiskey is sometimes referred to as the blank of blank. Can I offer two answers? You can offer two answers. I offer the correct answer as the water of life. That is correct. Take a sip. I offer my answer as also the blood of life. (laughs) (laughs) That answer pleased and frightened me, so take a sip, my wife. Uh, Tim, whiskey is sometimes referred to as the blank of blank. Bane of my existence. That needs to be rewarded with a Yeah. Yeah, take a sip. Take a sip. I'm a little displeased because that is the blank of blank blank. Since... But you now, do you like it? Way. Hold on just a second. Do you liking it more now that uh, Cargillo said you opened it up? It's, uh, I, it is, can I, it's technically sweeter. Yeah. Yeah, that's but lovely. But it's also still awful. <laughs> Add a little more water. Just another splash. <sighs> This is a slow trip back to where we started. (laughs) But a good experiment to see. All right, here's the next question. Tim, we'll start with you. What is the most embarrassing thing I have done after drinking too much whiskey? The most embarrassing thing I've done... Not you, me. Oh! (laughs) I want you to either remember something that I don't. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, or actually, make something I do, up. I do have an answer for that because a few years back at Convergence, there was a karaoke party that was uh, oh, yeah. still going at something like, I don't know, five in the morning, and uh, Joseph had been drinking, and I assume at least some of what he'd been drinking at that point was whiskey. Yeah. And uh, so we, we put in for a song where I sang karaoke to Papa Don't Preach while Joseph danced an interpretive dance. <laughs> That answer pleases me. <laughs> so take a sip and see if opening it up even more is better. All right. <laughs> Tim's face is um, still unhappy. It's, it's, it, you know, it still tastes like alcohol. So <laughs> that's a bad thing. Sweeter, though? Sure. Okay. I'll take that. Sarah. What is the most embarrassing thing I have done after drinking too much whiskey? This is my quiz, isn't it? <laughs> I do not know, uh, but I know at least once this goes for both you and Tim, but Tim was not drinking. I believe you made Tim give you a piggyback ride up and down the hallways of Convergence. That is true. Yes. And you probably were drinking whiskey. Yes. And I remember as uh, I, was, I was riding on Tim, and it was very nice. Yes. I don't know if you're embarrassed, but we'll pretend you were uh, I was embarrassed, actually, okay, after good, the fact, good. because I, I, I was drinking, and Tim uh, was giving me a ride, and people thought it was like very funny, ha, 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 we were up on the, uh, the second level. Uh, you and were then, terrified. You were like, I'm going to fall and die. Yes. Even though I was the one that was sober, and therefore <laughs> far more in control of the situation than you. And that is why I was embarrassed, because it's one of those comedy moments where you go from like, ha, 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 I'm doing something so great, oh, I've done something terrible. <laughs> I'm a fool. This is not worth dying. All right, Cargill, what is the most... Uh, that answer did please me, okay. so please, yes, sip Drink. whiskey, uh, my wife. Uh, Cargill, what is the most embarrassing thing I have done after drinking too much whiskey? Uh, this question was put in here specifically for me. I can tell this. <laughs> I know for a fact that there's photographic evidence of one karaoke night in which you and I imbibed quite a bit uh, and ended up cuddling out here on the second floor <laughs> at Convergence for about an hour. And our wives thought it was the most adorable thing ever. It is. It's really cute. I was so tempted to post that photo right when Dr. Strange came out and said, here's me cuddling with the screenwriter. <laughs> Dr. Strange. I believe that is the photo in which I'm kissing your forehead gently. It is. It's beautiful. That answer pleases me. Take two sips. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, we are going to move on to this one. Uh, Tim, if Jameson's Irish whiskey could speak, what would it sound like? If it could... I, I mean, if it could speak, it would sing. And actually, I... And I it's not a song that I've written, but actually there's a, a band, a local band called Four Pine Shy that wrote a song called Jameson and Son. And it's an excellent song, and it's exactly what Jameson would sound like. Well, and please favor us. I, I don't, it's not my song. I don't, it, Jameson and Son, I don't know it. I swear to God, I don't okay. know it. Could so. you make up another one? Because you teased me that you were going to sing right. a beautiful whiskey song. Uh, Hello, this is John Jameson, and this my son. We both make whiskey, both of us. And the other son, because Jameson and Sons, I must have more than one. We hope you all come in and enjoy Jameson and Sons. <laughs> Yay! I think that's exactly what Jameson would sound like. It's very pleasing, but a little sloppy. Uh, go ahead and take a sip. Damn it! I thought that was horrible. <laughs> 
Uh, Sarah, what do you think Jameson's Irish whiskey would sound like if you could speak or sing? How can I top that? <laughs> it's not about topping. Okay. It's about joining in. <laughs> Jameson, talking to his cousin, Bushmills, is going to say, Oh, my wit lad, I wish I could talk, but I've been drinking whiskey. <laughs> and I'd like you to get some... <laughs> Catholic whiskey in your Protestant whiskey. <laughs> and this is why I don't do accents. <laughs> you have pleased both me and the audience, so you may take two sips if you'd like. I uh, just want to say that uh, you really, with that, managed to perfect your Swedish chef, so well done. <laughs> Thank you. Really, my point is all the Irish are Swedish. Yeah, if Jameson's Irish whiskey could speak, it would sound like a Swedish chef. I think it's a great answer. That's one so far. Uh, Cargill, what do you think? What does Jameson's Irish whiskey sound like? I'm going to drop you like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> that was an even better Swedish chef. <laughs> and he just takes a sip, assuming I'm pleased. These <laughs> motherfuckers laughed. I'm <laughs> Agreed, agreed. Good job. Okay. Uh, you know, Tim kind of stepped on my final question, but we're going to do it anyway because it was fun already. So, can you sing a fake or real song about whiskey? We're going to start with Cargill this time. Do you know a real song about whiskey? And if not, much like Tim just did, could you sing a fake song about whiskey? I don't think I know a real song about whiskey. I don't know Whiskey River. This is the only time anyone has shouted out a song that is not Freebird, so thank you for that. <laughs> River! I'm sure I've got plenty of songs in the back of my head about whiskey that I just don't think about because it's, it's not like, I'm going to have a drink. Let me put on some music about what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> you can also uh, take a song that you know and love and alter the lyrics to be about whiskey. Or you can just be extemporaneous. Uh, as my wife will tell you, I'm terrible about, like, about this. I, I sing terrible songs to the dog, so um, <laughs> that make no sense whatsoever. A um, again, that is only making me want to hear it more. <laughs> Agreed. Um, he's Phil McCracken, Scottish therapist. <laughs> uh, you, he'll try to solve your problems, but you'll just get pissed. <laughs> Phil McCracken, Scottish therapist. That is great. I, that is a beautiful song. Take a sip of whiskey. Yay! Oh, God damn it! Now I, I realize I do know a song. Do you want to sing a, a you know second what? one? I do, I do, because I, I spent, it, it, it's misspent youth. Um, oh, Emmanuel Kent was a real percent. It was very rarely stable. High digger, high digger was a boozy beggar who could drink you under the table. David Hume could outconsume Schopenhauer and Hegel. And Wittgenstein was a beery swine who was just a schlosser schlegel. There's nothing Nietzsche couldn't teach about the raising of the wrist. Socrates himself was permanently pissed. John Stuart Mill, of his own free will, left to have a and he was particularly ill. Plato, they say, could stick it away, have a crate of whiskey every day. Aristotle was a bug for the bottle. Hobbes was fond of his dram. And Rene Descartes was drunk and fond, I drink, therefore I am. Oh, Socrates himself will be particularly pissed. Ah, <laughs> uh, little drink of motherfucker when he's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Please drink an entire bottle of whiskey. <laughs> I was that was amazing. No Monty Python. <laughs> oh, hey. 
Ooh, somebody just brought me the remainder of their Nika whiskey. Um, nice. Which is a, a nice Japanese brand that's doing lots of cool experimental coffee still stuff. Oh, lovely, lovely. Honestly, it just sounded to me like some sort of ethereal Irish singer. <laughs> Sarah, do you want to sing a song about whiskey or improvise a song about whiskey? Yes. Okay. So the Whiskey River, uh, I don't... I should know the song Whiskey, Whiskey River. I don't know the song Whiskey River. It just makes me think of Moon River, which really should be Whiskey River. So uh, we're going to say Whiskey River, brighter than the sky, you're sparkling on my eyes. Whiskey River, how I want to go along your golden flow. Love, booze, and someday we'll see if the angel share is really there for us, or perhaps it's just in the air, like my headcanon declared, the whiskey river and me. You know, I am so pleased, so very, very pleased. You know, That's speaking amazing. of Muppets, does anybody remember Wayne and Wanda? I'm, oh, yeah. No reason. <laughs> is this, did you just change the topic of the podcast? Or is no, going I didn't, I didn't, not, no reason. Okay, Tim, do you want to close out the quiz section with another song? Uh, sure, I can do that. Uh, ironically, I probably know more whiskey songs than either Carl or Sarah. Absolutely, go for it. Close out the whiskey uh, sure. section. I, I will not sing this whole song, but this is actually an original tune that I wrote about whiskey. Uh, <laughs> based on an old Irish legend which says that uh, when you die, you're suspended in a well, in a uh, well filled with all the whiskey that you ever spilled in your life. And if you drown to hell with you, <laughs> so it's a family song. So the song. So the song goes like, when I was just a wee lad, this legend I was told, hold tightly to your whiskey for when you're dead and cold, to take the whiskey that you spilt and pool it in the well. If in that whiskey you should drown, you'll end up down in hell. God hates a whiskey waster, now don't you spill no more. Be a drunk or be a sober, you'll lick it off the floor. For every drop is sacred, and this we know so well. If you're wasting all your whiskey, sure you're gonna go to hell. And there are seven more verses. <laughs> That, Why did you like that song? That was beautiful, and it's always beautiful when you can get an audience to applaud for not singing the rest of the song. <laughs> A truly beautiful accomplishment. Oh, well, thank you guys for playing my uh, dumb whiskey challenge, and I think everybody got to sip almost every single time. getting towards the end of the podcast we always ask our how obsessed are you questions i'm going to ask these questions there's no judgment but then i i, I like to rate people's obsessions to see uh, what they are across all of the podcasts that we do here on obsessed so tim or actually we'll start with you cargo do you think about whiskey every day no really so are there wine days 
Uh, yeah, but uh, it's. Uh, uh, I feel like this is one of those rare trap questions where instead of being like, I think about it all the time. I love Warhammer 40K. Instead, it's like, uh, yeah, I think about whiskey all the time. Oh, shit, Kirk is on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I don't. I actually, it's, it's. Uh, there are just times that I do, and when I do, I really, really think about whiskey. <laughs> yeah. How about you, sir? Do you think about whiskey every day? No. But same thing, when I think about it, I like to think about it. I like to think about both the tasting of it and I also like to get into kind of the history of it and the lore of it. And uh, I'm obviously very much a Scotch fan and so I like kind of the smuggling history of it and I get into it, but then I certainly will have like a week or two where I don't think about it at all. Yeah, it is nice to know that you are sometimes sitting in our home thinking about smuggling whiskey. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Just Tim. a good old boy. Yeah. <laughs> Never mean no harm. Uh, do you think about whiskey ever, besides uh, when you're singing? I think about whiskey every day because... Uh, <laughs> Every time I take a drink of any beverage, I think about how happy I am it's not whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Uh, Cargill, if you were being launched into space and you could only take ten things with you, would a bottle of whiskey be one of them? A bottle of whiskey would be nine of them if I (laughs) (laughs) A good answer. Sarah, if you could take uh, ten things into space, would a bottle of whiskey be one of them? Yes, but sadly only one, maybe. I don't think I've you have to apologize list. for not being an alcoholic. <laughs> but yeah, totally one. Definitely. Okay. Uh, Tim, if you were being launched into space and could only take ten things with you, would a bottle of whiskey be one of them? Yes, because uh, according to uh, the Mar- Martian, uh, I might have a situation where I need to light a fire and whiskey would help with that. <laughs> you are all about the science of whiskey. It's yes. great. Excellent. Uh, Cargill... If you checked into a hotel and they claimed to have a whiskey setting on the shower and you weren't sure what that meant, would you try it? <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like it's a trap. Like, why? First of all, why wouldn't you try it? Second of all, why would I take a shower to make me smell like myself? <laughs> All right, well, I'll change the question. If the dial said there's a Cargill setting, (laughs) would you try that? Yes. (laughs) Excellent. Sarah, if you checked into a hotel and they claimed to have a whiskey setting in the shower, would you try it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What what would you assume it was? I would assume it was like an oldie time shower that used to have like rose water or lilac water or whiskey water. Because who doesn't want to smell like... They uh, apparently, there's a big glass of it over there. I don't know. I'd want to try it. Why not? Yeah. All right. How about you, Tim? What? Well, you mean, like a lot of water in your whiskey? Well, absolutely. <laughs> of course, I try it. I mean, if they told me that my shower had any setting that was not water, I'd probably be like, "All right, I need to see what that is." Really? If it said I'm, bees, you'd be like, feel, "I'll try this." All right. What the hell? Sure. I'd try it with the door closed <laughs> and me on the other side. So like, but that's what it takes. All over again. But I'd give it a shot. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough, yep. fair enough. All right, uh, Cargill, yes. if the only way you could drink whiskey again is by stealing it from a random liquor store, would you steal it? No. No, I do love whiskey, but I'm also lawful good. So, uh, 
So it'd be one of those things. Instead, I just stand outside with a cup going, whiskey for the poor. <laughs> Excellent. Sarah, how about you? You know my answer. I can't. Just no stealing. I just can't. If you knew... I stand out there pouting so bad. If you knew that I stole it and brought it home, would you drink it? <laughs> you didn't have to do the stealing. I, as a good partner, would steal whiskey for us. <laughs> You didn't tell me having my wife steal it was not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd toast you before you were sent off to jail, my dear. <laughs> you would toast my incarceration. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Unless it's a really good bottle, it's petty larceny. Oh, yeah. Okay. No big deal then. Yeah. Petty larceny is fine. All right, uh, Tim, would yeah. you steal whiskey? It, like it was, it's before. Why show. are you even asking this? Well, because <laughs> he needs it sometimes for his I, show, I need right? It for his show, right? And I right. and I can't afford it for some reason, and probably because I'm an Irish musician, and that pretty much guarantees I can't afford anything. You're an Irish. <laughs> you're an Irish musician in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think the answer to this would be that I would say that I would steal whiskey because I want to sound like a badass, but then I wouldn't actually do so. Okay. So you would ask people who are coming out of the liquor store as well if you could have some of their whiskey so you could sing. And I would say it's just a sip. I really only need a sip. Okay. Yeah. So and just I, I brought my own glass. <laughs> oh, we're all waiting for you to steal it for us apparently yeah, is what yeah I'm, I really Thanks. like this but this. if you stole it Joseph I would have no problems with it at all oh good good to know I like the picture this story we've created of this uh, liquor store that people steal from and then a bunch of other people congregate outside <laughs> saying can I have a little sip of that alright here's the last how obsessed are you question Cargill if a large bear was blocking you from your favorite whiskey would you try to get around the bear can't I just murder the bear in cold blood and take the whiskey? Sure, I used to ask it that way, and people were like, that's horrible, why are you asking it that way? Yeah, but Cargill is lawful good. <laughs> Except yeah, fuck it's a, bears. It's a bear, that bear wants to eat me just on principle, so you know what, I can kill that fucking bear because it already the is... The bear doesn't want to eat you, you want some fucking berries and salmon, get out of its fucking way! <laughs> I, okay, I will create a wily e. coyote trap to trick the bear uh, by dressing up. You know what? I'll go full Bugs Bunny and dress up as a female bear and confuse him, and then I will steal the whiskey. What if you could share the whiskey with the bear? Oh, then that. Oh, that's uh, that's Russian drinking, actually. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of fun. Excellent. I think that is a very good answer, Sarah. If a large bear was blocking you from your favorite whiskey, would you try to navigate around the bear? dress up as a bear or murder the bear? Uh, not murder the bear, but all the others, yes. All right. Would you, uh, if you were going to try to dress up as a bear to mm -hmm. confuse the other bear, mm -hmm. what kind of bear would you dress up as? Well, it would depend on what kind of bear it was. Yeah. Like, if it's a polar bear, I'm not going to dress up as a black bear. That would just be confusing. <laughs> Although, Whoa. maybe that's Whoa. a good thing. Whoa. <laughs> you are not very woke, ma'am. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ! Sorry. Do you know what convention you're at? <laughs> that is inappropriate. Okay, sorry. So you would try to dress up as the bear that you saw before you, so the bear would in fact have some sort of like existential dread crisis moment of, that bear is me. I am that bear. What you is know, happening? Actually, my polar bear, like, bear example is giving me a good idea. I'm going to dress up as a polar bear, and every other bear is going to be like, what are you doing? You aren't big enough to be a polar bear. I'm so confused. Do you need help? And I'll be like, yes, run and go get whiskey. <laughs> I so I'm love be a the polar bear who's losing its ice. I love the <laughs> bear running noise. That's a beautiful, Thank beautiful you. noise. Tim, if a large bear was blocking you from your favorite whiskey, would you try to get around the bear? Look, if the bear wants whiskey, who am I to stand in its way? <laughs> 
Could you though? Could I get around the bear? Yeah, could you yeah. stop? All it wants is salmon and fucking berries. Just move to the side. <laughs> I was begging people to bring up what kind of fruit they sounded like or they tasted like, and now you're berries, berries, berries. Yeah, but I didn't specify, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. All right, so uh, I, I always ask people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Uh, Cargo, we'll start with you. What noise can you make to sum up your obsession with whiskey? <laughs> Sarah, what noise would you make to sum up your obsession with whiskey? <sighs> that was the angel's share. <laughs> Beautiful. Tim. What kind of noise can you make to sum up whatever it is you feel about whiskey? I got this. <coughs> Give me some water. <laughs> Oddly enough, that's not the only activity that describes. <laughs> that noise is different, I should know. <laughs> well, we're not going to do a podcast about that next year, so... <laughs> You can come back. So uh, I always rate people's obsession. Uh, Cargill, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to say that you are about like a 4.7 barrels obsessed with whiskey because it does seem like you have like real real points where like it fits into this part of my life, but then it does not go into these other parts. And I really I, like have control over this. It is not like a running out of control obsession. I agree. I was actually going to give myself a five. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something I'm interested in. It's something I, I spend money and attention on. But it's also like, for instance, you know, there's this whole myth of writers, you know, having a drink or two before they write. That's the it's the absolute opposite. Like the whole reason writers who drink tend to drink, they drink to shut their brain off so that they can relax and be in the moment rather than focusing on their work. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, there's a lot of times where I absolutely cannot even think about whiskey remotely because it's uh, uh, I, I got work to do and I got a life to live. But then uh, I dare you to find one of my books or movies that doesn't have whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, so uh, I am going to rate your obsession with whiskey at like a 3.5. Because Fair it's like enough. right in the middle of the road, it's healthy. Mm -hmm. Would you give yourself higher or lower than that? No, that's about right. Okay. Like I'd say I'm very interested, but not necessarily like, I don't have a daily obsession. Okay, cool. Uh, and Tim, I'm yeah. going to put you at a six. Yeah. Out of seven. <laughs> because I think that's fair. I think you actually say the word whiskey more than any of us because you sing it constantly. I sing it constantly. I do. I think about whiskey all the time and why, why, am I, why I'm talking about it for unknown reasons <laughs> but do you do you honestly think about it when you go and sing the songs it is it is such a part of the tradition of the music that you do with the drags do you think about it or is it just another thing no it's just another song i mean okay. it really is it's a it's a song i don't think about whiskey at all i just think about not forgetting the lyrics of the next verse <laughs> okay then i take whiskey. away the six and give you a negative six thank you all right so final questions uh, we need a little speed answer to this because we're running out of time cargill if you could shoot either ice or birds out of your hand which would you shoot <laughs> oh birds would really fuck with people <laughs> that's a good answer ice <laughs> ice though however I could always ice my coffee. I'm going to take birds, though. Birds it is. Sarah, if you had the power of flight, but you could only fly if you were holding an object in your hand, what would you want the object to be? A bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> nice and on theme. Tim, if you could have one extra body part, such as an arm, a leg, or a face, which would it be and why? 
I think I like an extra eye in the back of my head because I don't trust my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And can I get one volunteer to tell me the answer to the final question on the podcast? Uh, Cargill, Sarah, Tim, does anybody want to volunteer to answer this final question? I'll do Cargill? it. I talk a lot. Okay, Cargill. This will need to be nice and pithy because we are out of time, but please answer, what is happiness? Happiness is love. Happiness is an awesome life. And not whiskey. No, no, no. No, whiskey with the wife is even happier. However, you asked me what happiness was. You didn't ask me what true happiness was. (laughs) And that is our podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Listening to Obsessed, Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.